Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. You guys, we're so excited. Today we have author Rebecca Rowland on. She is a Harvard faculty member. She is an oral language specialist, and she joins us to talk about her new book, The Art of Talking with Children. She is a mom, an expert at communicating efficiently with children of all ages and helping adults and their kids connect better. Um, Her book, Breaks it all down into a science, making it super easy for us. And she provides the best way to help our kids become independent, kind, and happy. It's just by talking with them, you guys. So let's join with Rebecca right now to talk all about it. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to dive in on this topic with you. I feel like so often we think about having, you know, deep conversations with like our spouses or our friends or other adults, but we don't often think about having deep conversations with our children. You are here to explain to us how that is so crucial and important for their lives as well as our relationships with them. Can you talk about the importance of having conversations with our kids and the power it has over the our overall relationships in our lives and their lives? Yes, definitely. So yeah, I've been just so excited. I've been involved in the world of conversation for many years uh, as a speech pathologist, but now also as a parent, you know, I have two kids who are five and 10 years old. So I've seen the power of conversation both professionally in my research, but then really, you know, in my own life. Um, And what I've seen so much is that this conversation is just so powerful to build bonds with kids and to build their skills. So we don't often think about kind of our everyday conversations, but they're really some of the most key things we can do for our kids. Yeah, it was interesting. You um, had this conversation with your daughter. I guess you said she was four in the conversation when you were talking about like ancient Egypt and she was talking about the mummies and where did were they before and where were they (laughs) after? (laughs) And it's so interesting because uh, uh, I feel like kids do start asking questions like about you know, death and stuff. And we so often, we don't have all of the answers. And um, I loved that you asked her, like, where, what do you think? Like, where do you think you were before? You know, where are you going? And that's kind of what I do. I did with my daughter when she started asking questions. It was just when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going through that same type of thing. It was really interesting because you said it was like so impactful because it was one of the first conversations you really remember having that you were both like, very involved in. We have really young kids, but I mean, also even teenagers, we all, we all need to have conversations with all these children, but where do we start? Yeah. So I would say a couple things. First is just always to realize that you have so much to give your child. So just, you have so much knowledge, I, you know, so many ideas. And I think I see a lot of parents who feel worried or they feel embarrassed. Like, I don't know everything, you know, or mm-hmm. what if I don't have the answer to that? You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know what I think about death or I don't, you know, and I feel like parents get really stuck on that. And I was stuck on that for a while, just kind of feeling almost ashamed or not competent to do this. Um, but so what I'd say is just to really start with what your child is driven by. And I think you can find that at whatever age. So even parents who say, oh, I have a teenager and they're just really shut down. You know, I don't know what interests them. There has to be something that interests them, right? So maybe it's their car that they're learning how to fix, or maybe it's their video game or whatever. So just like really get into whatever it is that's engaging to them. You know, if it's making TikTok videos, just figure out like, what is it about that that's so interesting to you? 
It reminds me of, um, I saw someone talking about how to get your child to talk about school because often we're like, how was school? And kids are like, eh, good, you know, fine. What, you know, I don't know. And how to like start asking like provoking questions. Like, who did you sit at lunch with? Like, I always ask my daughter that. Or, like, uh, what was your favorite craft you did today? Did you color? Like, what colors did you use? And and then she ends up always, like, opening up and telling me all the, like, little things she did at school. Or uh, if she got in trouble because she was being too loud or, or, or things like that. She ends up um, opening up. So it's, like, it's sometimes thinking, like you said, of, like, the things that they like. Because I know my daughter loves, um, she loves me checking her lunch to see if she ate it all she loves she like gets so proud of that so I always ask her about lunch and who she sat by and then I always she loves crafts so I always try to ask her about like what was your favorite craft you did at school today she's four so she she goes to preschool <laughs> so that's like her level but I love that because I, I actually have a five-year-old too and so I was very similar age and that's kind of what I mean about being so specific so I love that you are just you're diving into what she's interested in and you're super specific I think People don't really realize, but the questions like, how was your day or what did you do at school are actually really vague. You know, they're, they, we think they're yeah. just typical conversation, but it can actually be hard for kids to answer. Overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Especially when kids are yeah. tired. So they've had the whole day and then you say, how was your day? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, and even for us, if I was going to say, well, how was my day? It's like, well, I had this thing to do that was fun. I had this other thing that wasn't so fun. This other thing was boring. You know, it's it's a whole collection of things. So I think to actually realize that and to dive in, like my son loves to talk about um, if he had a consequence or if anybody had a consequence, because I guess they give him consequences if something, you know, they talk to them. If something goes wrong at school and he thinks it's really funny. Um, so, you know, even something like that, like what is funny or interesting to your child about, you know, about their day? I think to start there is perfect. You write about rich talk, and I would love you to kind of go into that concept of what rich talk means. Yeah, so I really think about rich talk as a way in to have really meaningful conversations with your kids. Um, over the years, I've had so many parents who ask me, you know, we talk a lot about showing up with your child or being present with your child, but I don't really know what that looks like. What does that sound like? You know, it just feels like, well, that's that's good in theory. And so rich talk was really my way of pulling together all of what we know from the research and what I know is sort of doable as a parent and thinking about how to have the most meaningful talk with your child. So I put down the three ABCs of rich talk, I call it. Um, so A is just called adaptive, meaning that you're kind of going with the flow of your child. So if your child's in sort of a talkative mood, you go with that. If your child is really quiet, you kind of match that style also. So that's the first. Mm. B is... Um, the back and forth. So you really, I think about not talking to your child or at your child, but with your child. So it's all about, you know, the pattern, sort of like the back and forth, the silences, the listening from both of you. Um, and I think we don't always think about that with kids. It tends to be kind of like a one-way stream. Uh, and the C is just the child-driven. So that's kind of what I talked about before. But it's just so powerful when you can really get in with what a child is engaged with at the moment. So not even like age and stage generally, but like actually at this moment, what is this child really interested in? Mm -hmm. And that's where you can get some of those big ideas too. Um, like with the mummies, that's my, my daughter was really interested in this one exhibit. And that's kind of where that all started. My two-year-old's really into 
trucks. He says like, oh, it, this is a truck and, and it crashed or something. And you were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, well, it, you know, the truck crashed because you took this other truck and you, you crashed them together. And now, like, how do we put it back together? Can you show me how? Like, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool because it just shows that you can you can have these conversations like super early. Um, it doesn't have to be when your kid is just has a full vocabulary. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, I like that example too, because it can be like really simple things also. Like if you have a one-year-old and they're just like pouring one water cup into another water cup, you know, and they do that. Like, I feel like. Why do they, they love that so much. (laughs) I know. And it's it's funny, but I feel like, yeah, (laughs) but there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you can really go on about like, well, look, like, is it full now? You know, is this one too big? Is this going to splash? Like, there's just so much you can do. And that's like, so basic, like, you don't need materials. You know, it's like, so yeah, it's really funny. But it's so cool. Because even at a young age, you're teaching them how to engage in conversation. And then they can in turn, do that with other people later in life. I was having a, a conversation with one of my friends the other day and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I just remember being like, you are the, I told him, I was like, you are the best conversationalist. And it really is because he asks a lot of questions and he actually really cares about me and and my answers. But you know, it's, you know, it really is like, it's also about having a person willing to be there in the conversation with you. And, um, I think when a, child feels that that the the parent is willing to be there with them that that really does it opens them up to an entire new place you know and then yeah. they will probably they'll take that skill and use it with their friends totally. and then they'll be able to have cool conversations that they wouldn't normally have because yeah they feel valued and yeah exactly and i think that that's one thing that's so key is like even my daughter, actually, we were, I was writing stories with her, which is something I recommend as well as parents, actually, if you have oh, time. Oh, that's so it's, fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I started it totally randomly. Like it was one Christmas, right? I felt like, oh, I didn't have like the right presents. I don't know. I felt like I didn't quite have what I wanted for her. So I was like, I'll write her a story. Um, and it was just like two pages, this random thing I made up. And, and she was like, oh, you know, I don't like to read was the first thing she said. And I was like, oh, well, just read two pages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's like, of course. Uh, and, and she read it and she's like, oh, it's funny, you know, and, um, and I thought that was the end of it. So I was just like, oh, that was, that was cute. Um, but the next day she's like, well, so what happened? And I was like, what do you mean? What happened? Oh, she's like, with this story, cool. what happened? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know what, you know, and I was like, what do you think happened? And she's like, well, here, let me tell you. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> and she had this whole story. So, so it was so fun. So I just like literally wrote up what she had said and kind of added a few things. And, um, and I gave it back to her. I typed it up and she's like, oh, like what else could happen? And one time she said to me, oh, so we kept this up. It's been, we actually still do it. It's been like two years. Um, and one thing that's so funny is she says to me, like, I didn't really think you actually liked my ideas. You know, like, I thought you just kind of Aww. were saying that. Like, you, you kind of were like, oh, that's Aww. nice. But, like, the fact that you're using it, it's like, you really like my ideas. And I was like, yeah, no, I do. I yeah. think you have lots of good ideas. And I think so often kids don't always get that message, you know, that not only are we just being nice, yeah. but we actually really like their ideas. Not all of them, but, like, you know, yes. but sometimes they can have <laughs> things that we're really interested in. So I think that's a really, really great thing for kids to get that message. 
I love that. I also want to kind of segue um, from that into what's the best way as parents that we can communicate with our children to um, prepare them for like the real world, to build up their self-esteem, to give them their confidence? Yeah. So I think one thing that's really important and kind of counterintuitive is we often focus on praising kids, you know, to say, oh, that's great or that's fabulous. But a lot of what the research shows is that you can really overdo that, um, especially for kids who already have kind of low self-esteem. Um, what they call overpraise when you're saying like, oh, that's just super fabulous or whatever. Um, it can actually make their self-esteem lower um, because they feel like you're judging and you're the one they come to for advice about like, oh, am I good? Yeah. Am I not good? Um, so really what's more important to do is to kind of turn the judging over to them. So you actually, rather than saying, you know, oh, I like it or I don't like it, you can really ask them questions like, well, what do you like about it? Or, you know, what was your favorite part? Um, and also focus just more on the effort that they put in. So if they do really want feedback, you know, to say like, oh, it feels like, you know, you put so much time and energy into that. Like, I love how much you um, really dedicated yourself to that if you do want to give feedback. So rather than focusing kind of on the product, to really focus with them on kind of what was the process like and giving that judgment over to them. I've seen that in so many kids because I don't know if you've seen this, but so many kids are coming to you saying, well, what do you think? Like, here's my drawing. What do you think about it? Oh, yeah. Uh, every yeah. second of every day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it, I'm definitely not saying like, oh, never say like, I like it. Sure, you can like it, the drawing, you know, it's fine. But, right. uh, but just we get into sometimes a pattern where, you know, we see that we're kind of the ones always being the ones to kind of judge or say like, oh, that was amazing. Or I like this part the best. And kids kind of without even realizing they're doing it, they tend to kind of do more of what we want, you know, because they want to please us. So in that way, they kind of remove themselves as the judges of their work and they, you know, start to look outside themselves. And especially as they grow up, we really want them to be able to judge themselves and be more independent in that way um, so that they're able to say, for example, oh, I didn't get the grade I wanted on this math test. You know, what can I do about it to fix my own problems or to fix my understanding? We don't really want them saying, you know, in college, like, oh, is this a good grade? What do you think? You know, or do you, is this a good subject? Should I study this? What do you think? You know, we want them to be able to start making those judgments for themselves. And so the way that that builds up is just in these really small moments and the small conversations. So even though it might seem kind of silly or small in this moment, it really does actually support them in becoming more self-confident over the long term. I know lots of people who have teenagers that we were talking about feel you know, more shut down. They're almost harder to reach in conversation. I feel like little kids are just so, I don't know, open more mm -hmm. so because the world hasn't really shut them down yet, I guess. Uh, but, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, writing a story with your daughter and she was so engaged in it. Do you have any ideas? I know we were talking about TikTok and, uh, you know, uh, talking about things that they're interested in, but is there any tool like writing a story, like something like that for kind of the older children? Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about that because I do think it's so hard when you can get in a rut kind of where, you know, you're disengaged from your child and then your child feels like they're disengaged and you're just kind of, you know, a lot of parents I see are sort of on their screens with their children on their screens, you know, like everyone, they call it kind of alone together. Like you're, you're there, but like, you're not really engaged, <laughs> you know? Um, and one 
one thing I think about um, is really just seeing if your child, or your, especially a teenager, can teach you something. And actually something that you don't actually know. Mm. So I think not to make it fake, where like, I'm going to, you know, teach me something, you know, but really something that you don't know. And I actually think it's totally possible to do, you know, with most kids. So 100%. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even now, like my daughter, she's 10. And I was like, I need to learn how to make Canva. And she's like, I do Canva at school, like for graphic design. And I was like, oh, you do? Can you show me how it yeah. works? And I was like, this is ridiculous, you know. Oh, but awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, because so many teenagers, like they just feel partly the disengagement is because they're like, oh, well, nobody understands me. Nobody cares what I think. 100%. Uh, Yeah. Like nobody even, I don't have anything to give to these people. So I'll just do my own thing. Um, But we often forget that kids are still in a community. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's one tip I'd say. I was trying, I was thinking back to when, when I was married and my, my husband had older children and sometimes, you know, we'd sit at the dinner table and it'd be I just try to come up with all these things to talk about. And yeah, I was so stressed out about it. <laughs> should have just done that. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's the thing. It's, it's so funny. Like the stress can almost make things worse. I feel like all of a sudden it's like, take a step back and just say like, okay, well, what are you good at? Tell me like, I don't know how to do that. You know, almost like be the one who's like, right. and I know nothing. Just can you help me out here? And oftentimes they'll jump on that opportunity. So yeah. And I'm sure they think it's fun to teach their old parent something new exactly yeah especially if you're like it's something <laughs> technological or you're like i have no idea you know they're like well let me show oh, yeah. you you know and uh, i think that i mean that can open it up also to where they feel like oh you're not i think they often see us like in the position of like the nagging one or the one who's going to say you're wrong or you know and so i think if you put yourself in a different role even just for a little bit that can kind of shift mm-hmm. the dynamic uh, and that's a lot of what the strategies in my book are doing is kind of small ways that you shift the dynamic so it's not like you would do this all the time, but just to do this almost to get out of those ruts or to help kind of make new directions. Well, I know that you are pressed for time today. We're so thankful that you came on and talked to us. Um, can you tell everyone where um, you can? we can all find your book so we can actually start having these rich conversations with our children? Yeah, well, first, thank you so much. This is wonderful. And I'm so glad that um, you know, you're going to try this out and I'm excited to hear how it goes. Um, so you can find me at my website. It's just RebeccaRoland.com with uh, two C's and two L's. Sometimes people forget. Um, and I'm also on Twitter. So Roland underscore RG is probably the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you so, so, so much. Oh, thank you. It's thank you, Rebecca. I think that was a super cool conversation. I feel like, uh, like I was saying in the beginning, we just don't, I don't know, as parents, I feel like we are almost running on empty so often that we're just kind of trying to get through the conversation with our children. And we don't realize that even as like young kids, that really is just stunting their growth. So I think that's a really cool conversation. She had some really interesting things to say. Um, and in her book, she gives uh, some really, really cool tips and tidbits, obviously, that she didn't have time for on here today. But everybody should check out her book. It's really, really interesting. And I feel like you'll be a way better conversationalist (laughs) after you read that and more in touch with your children. Yeah, I always go back to thinking about like my childhood, you know, and Mm -hmm. my parents, we never really had a lot of in-depth conversations about anything, which also because we didn't have in-depth conversations just about like the little things in life. We never had in-depth conversations about 
like the bigger milestones. Like I remember like getting my period and my mom never having like the like talk with me about it. And I felt so like uh, overwhelmed, afraid. Like I was very scared of it. Yeah, it's super Um, scary. Yeah, I didn't know how to even like ask my mom for for like feminine hygiene products. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and, and I felt almost like ashamed of it. So even like the little, we'd never had that foundation of little talks, um, to talk about even like the big things. So I just think about my childhood and if my parents had just like had more just like conversations where they sat down and listened and asked questions, um, how much like that actually would have made a bigger impact on myself. So I find it all really fascinating, yeah. um, how it just kind of uh opens like those doors for the like she said it can just be little moments but how it prepares you as children for like the bigger moments I feel like in both of our cases lots of things were like brushed under the rug there weren't a lot of conversations happening I do like I remember talking with Evan and like his kids sometimes and he wouldn't ask like questions that I would have asked and I remember thinking like when my kids are older I'm asking that question it's weird because my mom with my children, she's so good at asking. She's the best conversationalist. Like she really is. She'll, she just sits there and like talks and talks to them and all the things. And I'm like, I feel like I've kind of learned from that, but I don't remember growing up that way. So I don't know. Maybe it's just with my grandchildren. She's different or maybe she's, maybe it was different just with little kids and then the things you talk about get like more intense. I feel like sometimes people just don't really know how to talk about those things. Right. I also do think grandparents, which is like why grandparents can be such a blessing is they have the ability to be more present when they're around. That's so true. They don't have the burnout. That's you know what so I mean? true. Yeah. Like we're, we, we're carrying the plates, oh, like yeah. the mental load of all, all the, the parent things mm-hmm. and grandparents just get to come over and like, cherish and relish in the moment with their grandkids no you're so right (laughs) you know know. (laughs) where we're like so burnt out god i know this week i've been like mom mom (laughs) my mom's actually coming here in like an hour (laughs) but it is it definitely is hard to be present when you're in burnout mode for sure i think that that's like the thing you can take what's applicable to your life you know she gave some really great tips Mm -hmm. i liked the abc um and you can take those and and you can seize those moments, you know, and and apply it to your relationships yeah. with your children. You know, you don't have to have stimulating conversation 24-7, but there are moments where you can be like, oh, I can plug this in right now and maximize this moment we're having. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Be sure to check out um, Rebecca's book. We are so happy to have you guys with us, have you guys support And we will be with you next week with another really great in-depth conversation. See you next week. 